Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. I'm your host for today's show, Aaron Richards. I'm joined here in the illustrious Damascus Media Studio by my friends and brothers in Christ, Brad Pierin, Dan Demite. I don't know if I ever hear illustrious outside of this, and it makes I, me excited for these episodes. I say it intentionally because neither of you do. <laughs> it's really, it's really. It's well, really, that is the largest Jack. laugh we've ever gotten from our yes. producer, Jack. Well done, Jack. Well done, That Aaron. is awesome. Word repetition works. I'm going to start using it. If you're, uh, if you're jumping and joining us uh, today for the show for the first time, um, this is the place where we want to answer the questions that you, our listeners and viewers, have posed to us in the comments on the show. And we want to charge the church, the bride of Christ, for mission Amen. Um, Amen. in response. So that's how the show will roll today. Uh, we're going to hear a question that's been recommended by one of our listeners. And Jack is going to drop that on us in just a moment. And then toward the tail end, we will uh, circle up for the mission momentum, the place where we're going to actually charge you with living this out this week in a practical way. Mm -hmm. So uh, also, also, forgive me for forgetting almost that we are a show on mission as well. Damascus, mm -hmm. Beyond Damascus is on mission. We have a donor this, uh, this season who has committed to support through campership donation uh, campers participating in our Catholic Youth Summer Camp, our flagship program here at Damascus, for every new subscriber to the show. So if you want to freak somebody out, make that go viral, and let's get a million subscribers. <laughs> a million just subscribers. So. $10 times a million. Just to test the limits on I really have to go back to them and ask them, what is the limit? <laughs> let's bankrupt our friends. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> they're going to just clip that. It's going to be beyond Damascus where they're trying to bankrupt their friends. Well, yeah. Okay. Never mind. Uh, Jack, what's the Whoa, question for today's show? What's the question? Uh, the question. <laughs> I'm excited for this. Come on, Jack. Get it I'm out. I'm working on it. <laughs> if God is good, why oh, no. do bad things happen? Oh, I love it. This is like, uh, this okay. Is, I mean, this well, is depends like, on the bad thing. Is, if you bankrupt your friends, apparently it's because yeah. someone went viral. Yeah, it that's, was. It was not because God is good. Okay, so this is Sorry, this God, is the fundamental is good, question, yeah. right? And uh, you know, if if you want to explore this a million different ways, I think you could. There's uh, philosophers and theologians who have who have given their feedback on this for a very very long time. So we won't give, I don't know, the book answer or the best answer today, but this will come from yeah from our heart. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna toss my Aaron. Coin wow, two. <laughs> It's gonna be the best episode ever. Go ahead, Aaron. Okay, two for two. Uh, yeah. Why does why did bad things happen? Um, I, I I like to think about it like this. Here's my two cents. Bad things happen in the world because we have uh, forgotten about just how bad sin is. Yeah. Um. Uh, if let, let's let's say let's say. We've just uh, we've just experienced in the United States of America um, an outbreak of nuclear war. Okay, nuclear bombs have been dropped all over our country. For the next couple hundred years, uh, people might be continually frustrated, but nobody's gonna be questioning why our kids have birth defects and that we suffer the results of long-term radiation poisoning. Why? Because we understand the negative impact of a nuclear bomb dropped in a city. 
That was the nerdiest analogy I've ever heard. It but was a great so one. good. Was really really good. Good. Okay, so the the single the single worst thing that could ever even be conceived in the in the face of the world has already happened. Right? It's happened twice. The 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 the, the first and and leading intro was was in the Garden of Eden when when the Father created a perfect world. And uh, that that humanity existed in, in perfect harmony with with nature and with God, and that man willingly chose to step out of perfect harmony and perfect union. Yeah. And uh, Christopher West, um, he uses this analogy. He says that in that moment, the train went off the tracks, and there is there is no way of returning the train to the tracks. We can try to create a new normal, but that shifts everything. You know, you want to talk about uh, natural disaster. You want to talk about sickness that afflicts those who might be innocent, right? All of that makes sense in the fact that the world was wrecked mm -hmm. in that choice. Uh, we, we see that exposed so dramatically in that in order to even make sense of it, we had to step into the next, the, the highest, the greatest evil that's ever been committed, which was the, the person of Jesus, right? Goodness incarnate, holiness incarnate, perfection incarnate, the most innocent by definition of the word innocent, human being that could ever have walked the face of the earth, the most perfect person, the most perfect man, uh, that he came and he realized that in order to right this wrong, that he would have to suffer the hatred and the violence of, of this world. So why does evil exist? Why do bad things happen to good people? Uh, because, because the world has been irrevocably damaged by our sin. And that, and that Jesus comes to restore hope. And in restoring hope, he actually models for us that, hey, there's a, there's a path to redemption, but it's not going to come through any way other than suffering. Yeah. That's so, so good, Aaron. I think it's, it's funny to think through those two um, hallmark moments that you're sharing, right? The, the fall from the the garden, right? As, as we know it. And then the crucifixion of Jesus, because in both of those, realities in, in the one we separated ourselves and the world from God. And in the other, like for a temporary moment, we separated ourselves and the world from God, but God reunited himself to us. And so we live in this, this tension yeah. whereby Jesus has redeemed me as a person, but the world's in this process of redemption unto the new Jerusalem, right? Like the, the world is still in process moving towards that salvation that the Lord's won for you Good. and me yep. at, at the end of the age, right? Where there will be a new heaven and a new earth. Like that's when what he's done for you and I and our hearts will be done at the at the meta stage. And so it is, it's just so interesting to, um, to just go back to elementary principles that, that sin has divided and scattered and that should leave us brokenhearted. That's yeah. why the good news of the gospel is the good news. I really like the, <clears throat> the idea of radiation. I think it's an incredible, uh, analogy of what the impact of sin and it's the, even the, the gospel is so beautiful. Like you're describing it. It's like the, the words are so beautiful and it just, um, but the, I was, as you're talking, I was thinking about if a, if I'm a good driver and, um, and I'm on the road and there's a drunk driver on the road at the same time, I'm doing everything good in my driving, mm -hmm. but a drunk driver who is a bad driver can crash into me and kill me. And I wouldn't blame a bad thing happened to a good person <laughs> because of the, drunk driver because of the bad driver. I wouldn't blame yeah. the manufacturer of the car or the person who designed the road or yourself or, 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 <laughs> or yeah, I, the, 
the good, the bad thing happened to the good person because of the bad driver. And I think that's, uh, I think that's often what happens every, when, when sin entered the world, what every, the whole world just, it just like, Mm -hmm. it was, it was a train wreck. It was a car wreck and, and all kinds of bad things have happened. Natural disasters, earthquakes before the fall, these natural disasters weren't a part of Mm -hmm. God's original plan. Well, Mm -hmm. and furthermore, sin hasn't stopped entering the world. Yeah. So like, it's great and it's true to identify that, yeah, creation went off the tracks at that moment, mm-hmm. but I keep keeping it off the tracks every day, hmm. right? So there's there's a part of of my own culpability that, yeah, uh, I'm participating in a broken world. That's right. Yeah. And also that I have the invitation to participate in its restoration. Yes. All right. True. I'll true. throw in mine. Oh, yeah. yeah. Two cents in the jar. All right. Do you remember so- that time that I got... Two, two coins in and around. Yeah, I, I'm actually just now recalling Dang it. Dang it. Please don't. Um, okay, so I kind of, I, I don't, I want to say God isn't the doer of bad, right? Nor is he the preventer of bad. He is the transformer of bad. And so, beautiful. Um, the, we need to under, if, I, if, what is the question? If God is good, why do bad things happen? I think if we're talking about God, then let's talk about the character of God and who he is. And um, the character of God is he, he 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 loves us so much that he gave us free will so that we could freely love him in return. And, and he loves us so much that he won't allow any evil or any bad um, to not have a greater good come out of it. And it's, if you, I, I wish I could, but I won't, but the Romans eight is so beautiful. If we would just read Romans eight and like, uh, I, all of Romans, like if mm-hmm. you, if you struggle with this question, spend not a day, but spend a month in Romans really wrestling with how Paul is addressing sin. And he says the wages of sin are death. He's struggling to, to explain um, salvation that comes through Jesus and in the, the world that we live in. But I just, I love that he, um, this is how he speaks of the love of Christ. And I think just um, my, my two cents is just going to be scripture. He says, we love that all things work for good for those who love God, who are called according to his purposes. For those who foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son so that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. And those he predestined, he also called and he called he also justified and those he justified, he glorified. What then shall we say to this? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but handed him over for us all. How will he not also give us everything else along with him? Who will bring a charge against God's chosen ones? If God who It is God who acquits us, who will condemn. It is Christ Jesus who died, rather who was raised, who also is at the right hand of God, who indeed intercedes for us. What will separate us from the love of God? Will anguish or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or pearl or the sword? No, and all these things we conquer overwhelmingly through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life nor angels, nor principalities, nor present things, nor future things, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. And so if God is good, why do bad things happen? Just ask anyone who has rested in God through the bad at the end. Do you think God is good or bad? And if let the word of the testimony of someone who has gone through hell and back 
with God, at the end, I promise you, they'll have a testimony of victory. If you ask a person who has a testimony of defeat, I bet it's because they abandoned God. So with God, we conquer all things and he transforms all things for his glory because he loves us. And that's the character of God. So remain in him and you'll have a testimony of triumph in the end. If you reject him, you'll have a testimony of defeat. Yes. Amen. That's awesome. I was just like, I don't even... um... I, I just love Paul. When you were saying Paul's that, it, so he's, he's a baller. Like he just says things that that shift that shift your heart. It's crazy. Like when you listen to Paul and the way you read it, Dan was I, was perfect. Like you can just hear his zeal from his words. He's like, I need to tell you this because it matters. It's got this like uh, Bishop Barron always says. It has this grab you by the shoulders effect. Yeah. Like let me shake you into like this thing matters. And uh, I was going to his. Um, his letter to the Colossians. And I was just remembering like he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. And at the end of that, it says he is the head of the body, of the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things, he himself might be preeminent for in him, all the fullness was with all the fullness was pleased to dwell and through him to reconcile all things for him. Right. To reconcile all things for him, making peace by the blood of his cross whether those on earth or those in heaven. Like what Paul's saying here is what Jesus did on the cross for you and me, he's going to do it for the entire world. Just watch. Yeah. Like he's going to come back. And, and what he did for me, he wants to do for you. And once we can celebrate that together, wait till the day when he comes and does it for the whole world. Yeah. Right? Like, like that line and through him to reconcile all things for him, right? Well, That's And get to get to know Paul. If you're struggling with this question, mm-hmm. get to know Paul because he's a man who had done such evil. Well, no, was, was uh, doing yes. right and doing evil, was transformed by Jesus. But the guy suffered so much. Like, what, like he just suffered so much. In the end, he had, it, it, it was... There, he had nothing bad to say. Yeah. Like he was a man of triumph. Yeah, and where where does he list all that out? Like I've been. I, I know. I can't, I, I remember, can't remember where it's, it's at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's when okay. he's we'll post. Yeah, day. put he's it like, in. Post, put it in I'll the post comments. To my weaknesses. I did. Blah, 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 yeah, yeah. Here's all the things that I did. Uh, That's crazy. Brad, before you jump in, I presume yeah. you're going to jump in eventually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I almost forgot because I got so excited. There's a, a beautiful place in Scripture, Dan. You talked about that idea that God God can change and transform our suffering into good. That that. God alone has the capacity to actually touch our suffering and and reorient it toward his plan. And uh, that the first time that was said in scripture is in Genesis chapter 58, that as Joseph is speaking to his brothers, the ones who tried to kill him and threw him into a pit and sold him as a slave, he looks at them and he said, you intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. This verse always stands out to me because uh, in this moment, Joseph's not saying like, hey guys, something bad happened or trying to justify or or minimize that that this this crappy situation came up, uh, but but God can probably do something good out of it. Mm-hmm. But he actually he says like I'm I'm standing before the ones who intentionally tried to end my life. Yeah. That that you you made a terrible evil choice intentionally intended to harm me. Mm-hmm. And I'm come to a place of my own spiritual maturity in, in my walk. I don't know, maturity sometimes is like a judgment word, but this sure. beautiful place of intimacy with the Lord, of of realizing and having given him permission that mm-hmm. God, this, this terrible, heinous, evil, unexplainable thing, mm-hmm. 
can only make sense if I stay locked in with you. That's right. Yeah, yeah. You're the only one that can transcend it, transform it, like you were saying, Dan. I have my love it. two cents in the jar. Um, okay, so the question is, if God is good, why do bad things happen? So it seems like what's being laid out, like the logic sequence to that question is, God is all good. God is all powerful. Therefore, bad things wouldn't happen if God is real. Yeah. Okay. So something like that's, that's the logic sequence. I just want to add one additional premise. And then I think, then I think it fits. God is all good. God is all powerful. God is all knowing. Therefore, anything bad that does happen, he knows how to work it for good. Mm. And so like the, the moment that we only talk goodness and power, mm-hmm. we lose knowledge. God's ways are higher than ours. He sees things that we don't see. He works things that we couldn't work. The train that was off the tracks that we couldn't get back on, he brought it back on because he's able to work, again, all things back to himself because he knows that's what's best for us because we were made for him, right? Like, um, I I love that 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 verse at the beginning of the catechism that we read in John 17, where it's, uh, now this is eternal life, that you would know the Father and me, Jesus Christ, who he sent. And like, that's just such a simple invitation, just knowledge of him, right? This, this knowing, right? This knowing of him, because in knowing him, I recognize and meet someone who knows everything. And so the things that I look at in in the world, like even, even like the things that seem most unexplainable. So like suffering that goes longer than I think would have been necessary. Like let's even take the thing that's least explainable. And what you can say by that is God is forming my heart to be broken by broken things so that I can find him and bring others to him. Like, like that, that makes sense in our small minds, but it even goes farther beyond that because again, his ways are above ours. But I I was thinking like even the most, I don't know, I can't even think of it in my mind, but the most just like helpless situation that you would look at, what you can at least say is that situation should break our hearts. Yep. But why should it break our hearts? Because it's against the goodness we were made for. Where's the goodness that we were made for? It's not here. And he would be a bad God to have us think that the goodness I need is here and not in him. And so, so good, he allows, he, he allows, he permits these things, not because he's a tyrant who wants to demolish and destroy, but because he's a God who knows that he is what's best for us. And he always wants to keep our eyes on him. That's my two cents. I love that. That's beautiful. I, 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 I had the image of Jesus crying outside the, the, tomb of Lazarus while you were talking, because it's it, Jesus knew exactly what he was about to do. He knew he had the power and the will to raise Lazarus and that he was going to do it. Mm-hmm. And yet he cried. And it says like the shortest you know verse in all of scripture, Jesus wept. And mm-hmm. and it, so he wasn't weeping over Lazarus in that moment because he knew what was going to happen. He wasn't weeping for those around because he knew there was going to be a great celebration because he was about to r- rise him. He was weeping over the misery what sin is, the mm-hmm. radiation that brought death into the world mm-hmm. in the first place. And I think he was also just like that. He was like, there was that, it's a moment of grace to weep over darkness. And and God's heart is perfect and he's weeping over darkness. And, it's, and when, when we see evil and we and when when someone we love dies and we feel pain because of that that is a 
That's grace. Grace allows me, and that's God's heart. Yeah. It's th- like evil and suffering allows me to experience in my own being God's heart, mm-hmm. which is amazing. Yeah. I've never thought about that yes, before. Well, to be able to the the gift. Yes, it's a gift. The gift to have sorrow. Well, it's what it's what sh- that's what demonstrates that God is real. It's that we even have an inclination towards that. Like like what makes the bad thing bad? That there's something good. Yeah. Who has bestowed goodness? Like, how do we know something's good? Like, like, because sometimes if I was looking at it just for my own gain, heinous things could be done that I would just say are for good. But I somehow know that that's not as it should be. That's awesome. And that's, that's the, that's the revelation of God. That's the grace of the human heart. (laughs) So if God is good, why do bad things happen? It's no, when bad things happen, you discover the goodness of God. Yes. And he knows that. That would be the only reason that the, the what I he, laid out in the logic sequence could work. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, because because if you just talk all goodness and all power, you're not mm-hmm. you're not putting in all knowing. And when you put in all knowing, that's when you see that he's the only one that could weave a golden thread through this. And that's what he's doing. Beautiful. That's what he's doing because he wants to bring all of creation back to himself. I'm, I'm excited to see uh, to see how we wrap this into mission. A lot of times in these kind of bigger topics, mm. I think we can we can run the risk of becoming too. Uh, to ph- yeah. philosophizing, mm-hmm. right? Or mm-hmm. or loving knowledge for the sake of knowledge. How do we live this? As mm-hmm. we shift into the segment of the show for mission momentum, um, how is it that we can actually put this into action to see the world transformed? Um, I'm motivated by Brad's two cents. So I'm imagining that this next week, God wants to uh, hit your heart over the suffering of someone. And I want you to approach them and just suffer with them. They, 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 uh, solidarity, right? Or compassion to suffer with. So maybe it's a homeless person you see, maybe it's uh, a family member, maybe it's a coworker, Mm -hmm. someone where God highlights suffering in their life and just go suffer with them. Um, Even if you have to park your car and just look them in the eyes and and suffer with them for a moment and and maybe pray with them and just be, be with people in the moment of darkness and hardship and lead them to good. Yeah. It'll change your life. That'll yeah. change your I life. I got one that's kind of attached to that, but it's the, the flip side of the coin. So uh, I have heard, and I've done it myself certainly, to to blame God uh, through the bad theology that I create, right? It, the One of the worst things ever is, is when somebody dies and I hear someone say like, God must have just wanted another angel in heaven. Like, yeah. uh, what kind uh, of a God do you yeah, think yeah, we worship? Yeah. <laughs> Murdering children. <laughs> uh, we all are experiencing suffering. My 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 challenge for mission momentum this week for you would be to live a testimony, to share a testimony where you are speaking of the suffering that you're experiencing, not from a place of complaint or a place of uh, blaming God for having caused it, but truly from this place of uh, going through that suffering with him mm-hmm. to, to, to understand and to, and to challenge yourself to communicate. How is it that, that I'm suffering in this thing mm-hmm. with God at my side? Yeah. Yeah. It's so good. Uh, I want to challenge us in a different way, but I think it's, it's correlated. I, I want to challenge us to reconcile with someone in our life. Like the, the, the beauty of everything we're talking about yeah. is that also at this level, I can see that the things I've done that have hurt people have hurt them. That like I, I have, I have been a partaker in the bad at times. 
And sometimes we can hold on to that and be so scared of that. Mm -hmm. And this week, I just want to encourage whoever's listening and us, if there's someone that you haven't reconciled with, maybe it's been years, maybe it's been weeks, maybe it's been days, maybe it's in your house, in your workplace, maybe it's not, but I just want you to to reach out and to begin the reconciling process with that person and do what God tells you. So if it's, hey, I'm just going to send a text letting that person know I want to have a conversation. Great. Maybe it's someone you see more regularly than that. Look them in the eye and apologize and, and mean it and, and help yourself in prayer to seek the Lord so you can mean it. And I think that Man, the power of that, because the moment that you see that like you can let go of that in you, you can begin letting go of the the brokenheartedness of the world because you know it's in God's hands and he works all things for good. Amen. That's a good one. Thank you all for joining us for today's show. This is Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. Of course, I appreciate you uh, tuning in and listening today. If this show has blessed you and I, I'm, confident that it has because it's blessed me. I'm excited to uh, to subscribe or I'm excited to comment and to share this with some of my, uh, some yeah. of my loved ones. Mm-hmm. And if you have any questions or thoughts that this show has brought about, please comment, engage with us. This is where we find the questions that we can answer <laughs> on subsequent shows. Yeah. So engage with us, join with us. And as always, please remember that mission, mission makes, makes sense. sense. Mm-hmm. And uh, we pray that you'd live it out and that you'd see that fruit evident in your life this week. God bless.